The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to a Tuesdays here at Tailvar City Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Hope you're doing all right. We have plenty to talk about as we go portaling. On a Tuesday, quarterbacks galore. We will spin the magic quarterback wheel and discuss some options. Uh, we'll take some input, too, as always, 489-1240, 489-1240 to get in with Hale Varsity Radio. Toll free where you can hear us across the state, 1-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com, Elijah at herdatsports.com and can always watch the show and contribute, comment on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Elijah, not you, but uh, Elijah in the stream is first. I like these rotating races for folks to be first in the stream. That sounds bad, but I mean, what I mean is uh, you're first on the, the, uh, the, the radio YouTube stream. Well, yeah, and, and it's reaching a point where now you got to hop on 15, 20 minutes for the show to be first. And, and I like the reward. If you are first, you get your, we give you the shout out. We give you the shout out. And if you bring a relevant point to us, you'll get the first crack at that. I like that. And, and yes, Elijah, does this count as being first? It does. And, uh, part of that comment is 100% wishful thinking, but I would absolutely love to see Will Howard come here. Uh, watched him after Adrian transferred down to K-State. Very impressed last season. Not sure uh, how he did this one. Well, they finished 8-3. and three. They were in the Snow Globe game against Iowa State. And unfortunately for K-State fans, Will uh, could not tackle. He was playing offense, not defense. As you had, uh, carry the one, six Plays of over 70 yards given up by that, bla- that not Blackshirt, that K-State, that Wildcat defense <laughs> in the snow. It's like you're playing backyard ball. So we'll talk about uh, Will Howard. We'll talk about some other quarterback options. We'll talk about the snubs that happened with the All-Big Ten selections. We'll get there. Mitch Sherman took some inventory of Nebraska's offense. We'll get Mitch's take from The Athletic in about 15 minutes. Mitch will release the fury. In hour two, we'll spend time with Matt Schick, his take on Nebraska, and uh, his assessment from a national view. Uh, Schick does it all, man. ESPNU, uh, Sirius XM, ESPN Radio, Schick and Nick podcast. You know him, you love him. So uh, Matt Schick with us in one hour. Little Husker hoops, as I know it's um, – 
an off week before Creighton gets in. But uh, we'll dive in. Men's and women's hoops with Andy Markowski. Get his take on the Big Red as Creighton looms. And uh, we'll throw some NFL in as well as another week complete in the National Football League. 489-1240. So the talking point is this. Quarterback. It is a make or break position. You've seen it in the NFL forever. You've seen it with your college football program. Uh, and, and the dynamic has shifted. Even old St. Nick Saban shifted from a manager to a playmaker. And why he did that? Because he got beat by Johnny Football. He got beat by Cam Newton. No one else could touch Saban because he had guys under center. He had NFL offensive linemen. He had a stable of running backs. And he had a guy named Julio. You could throw it up to very made it look very easy, but everybody needs that dude at quarterback. You need a little Brent Favre, but you need a lot of Andrew Luck where you've got the brains and the ability married together where it is not a um, it's not a contest. You're, you're there to, to, to go make winning plays, but above all, Elijah make smart plays. Just take care of the football. So we need to ask and answer this question. Nebraska is a quarterback away from what? Well, you've heard the murmurs. Well, if Nebraska would have had Casey Thompson, uh, you've heard the murmurs. If Nebraska would have had a healthy Chuba, and and that's that's not counting the fact you got five wins out of Harburg, who did a hell of a job, did what he was asked. I know he. Didn't always take care of the football, but some of that was just tough. You ask him to come in, not playing college ball before, and he got you to five, got you to the doorstep, right? And Nebraska needs more help around whoever is at quarterback. Uh, You've got the help defensively. You've got to be better on special teams. And we'll hear from Matt Rule tomorrow. I can't wait to hear from Coach. He did do his coach's show last night, and – Kind of the the quick synopsis of it is uh, Nebraska did some things well, but they don't need to do anything drastic. And you can read into that how you want, but drastic would be change. Change would be coaching to me, coaching change, uh, position change, or OC change. Uh, Five losses by a field goal and an overtime. You just, and he's right. Rule is absolutely right with this last part of the comment. Just need to get a little bit better. And, you know, good for him amidst all the noise. And we're part of the noise. But good for him doubling down on just just go get better. Don't go new. And it's we're all in this reset mindset. I totally get it. It's easier to go find someone different. It's easier to start over. It's easier to... to, to Go think the, the grass is greener. You see it in college ball all the time with the portal. And if you just stick and stay and go get better, hey, you can have a couple of good seasons, three really good seasons. You could probably surprise yourself. So I love his stick to it in this. Don't ignore, don't ignore the options and the opportunity of the portal. But let a competition happen. And let the best dude win the job at quarterback.
Do you really think, though, that Nebraska just needs to get a little bit better this offseason? That that strikes me as ultimate yes. coach speed. No, no, uh, it, it might be. Look but... at the schedule next year and tell me that if this team is a little bit better, that's going to cut it okay. next year. Okay. It needs to be a lot of bit better. Okay, if you're not punting in at least two of the losses, all right, and I'm not hammering the punter, but that was part of it, right? When did Nebraska give up a couple of scores? Well, when it was a short field. Rarely did someone line up and drive it down their throat. Okay, they, maybe they gave up a big play they did to Maryland, right? One drive, one drive, that's seven points that Maryland hit him for well, a 60-yarder. You're completely throwing out the Michigan game, which is kind of my argument that Michigan was the only team that was truly worth a damn on your schedule this year. Sure, okay. You, well, you, Michi- you got four Mich- teams that are going to be worth a damn. Yeah, Michi- Michigan's going to go do that to about everybody, right? So you need to get a lot better to be Michigan. What I'm talking about is bowl and be in the upper half of the conference. I'm not asking Nebraska to be a playoff contender next year. I'm not asking him to be a Big Ten championship game contender. I'm asking him to be eight or nine wins, and they can get there by being just a little bit better uh, situationally on defense, close out better, as good as they were for 58 minutes, be good for 60 when it comes to tackling. Uh, When I'm talking about uh, special teams, be better at pinning people, inside the 20, so it's not a short field all the time. Be better at kicking, punting, and field goal when you have a chance to take the lead. Be better at coaching situationally, and be better at taking care of the football at quarterback. So what can a quarterback do for you? What does a quarterback do to this football team? Hey, if they got somebody, anybody that takes care of the football better than they did last year, they're at seven wins. I sent you that. Yeah, they're at seven wins. Yeah, okay. Okay, I can, yeah? I can accept that. And, and you can fight me on it. That's all good. They're at least bowling. Yes. Okay, that, they're, they're at least bowling. The, the unlucky meter I sent you on social media, Elijah. We'll get to that. Who's on the line? We have John on the line. We'll get to him in just a second. Because right. okay. I, I have a point here I'd yeah, like to please. make. Yeah, and, please. And that's with Nebraska's quarterback situation. Um. Going out and getting a transfer portal quarterback, whoever it may be, will not guarantee Nebraska a bowl game next season. Whenever you consider the schedule, but not going out and getting a portal guy will guarantee that you won't make a bowl game with what I see in the quarterback room right now. That's where Nebraska's at right now. So I see Matt Rule's point of getting a little bit better. And if your team gets a little bit better, I don't doubt that you would have gotten to a bowl game this season. But I think whenever you look at the season as a whole with just how terrible they were, you have to get a lot better in the turnover department. A little bit better in the turnover department, and you're still worst in the country. you got to get a lot better in the turnover department. And that's, that's decision-making. That, that's quarterback play. I, I mean, you could argue that getting a little bit better on defense means that they get off the, the field on third down board, but they have to get a lot better on third down defense. It's not that this team— has a whole bunch of areas where they need to get a little better. They have a couple areas where they need to get a lot better. There's some glaring. Which would lead to overall the team getting a little bit better, but there are just certain areas that this team must get much, much better. So I understand Matt Rule with the coach speak saying, hey guys, we're close, we need to get a little bit better. That's true. In the, the, the scheme of an entire team, you need to get just a little bit better. But there are areas that need to get much, much, much better if Nebraska wants to compete next year. I look at the quarterback spot with turnovers. Look at third down defense. I look at first down, running the football. Can you go... A Wisconsin of old or an Iowa of old. Guarantee that you can get yourself three to four yards on first down. Nebraska couldn't do that this year. They need to do that moving forward next season. Because I don't think Nebraska goes and gets a world beater at the quarterback position. If they do, awesome. It really raises the ceiling on next season. But you need to get a a game-managing type quarterback. Maybe Will Howard is that name. And to help a guy like that out, 
you need to make the most of your opportunities on first and second down running the football. I think you need to get a little bit better running the football as a whole, but you need to get a lot better on first down, guaranteeing positive yardage, guaranteeing that, you know what, we're going to still pick up positive yardage even if the defense knows we're going to run the football. It's a lot of little areas of the game that need to get a lot better, and and that's semantics between what me and Matt Rule are saying, but that's why I'm saying like this team is not super close to eight wins. This is not... not depend. They, they, they were super close to eight with this year's schedule. They, that, yes, that, is, yes. that is never going to happen again. Yeah, I, I agree. You're never going to get this schedule no. again. And with that in mind, you have a lot of little areas that need to get a lot. And better. I think they can get better in, in a lot of them. And if you get the right guy at quarterback, he can manage, but can he go make a play for it? Chuba for... His final three games went out there and gave you a good shot. He made he made some plays, man, and he made some plays off script uh, because he was forced to. He was flushed. Uh, he made some plays when he didn't have a run game. He was the run game against some better defenses. Um, uh, Emmett had a decent day, I think, against Wisconsin. But you know what Iowa did? They shut down the the, the running back run game. All right, and uh, Nebraska was content to, to maybe toss it around a little bit because, listen, they uh, they had a loaded box. They couldn't really move, and it was really hit or miss on what they were doing on first down. You are absolutely right. Could they find something that was working and stick with it? I don't know that they always stuck with it long enough, or they ejected before it stopped working, if that makes sense, uh, with, with what, what the game plan was. So, quarterback, what can it do? Nebraska's a quarterback away from bowl eligibility they're a good quarterback away from that eight or nine number who's on the line john's on the line john thanks for hanging sorry about the sermon go for it no what what i want to clarify something first uh i've been watching nebraska football since i've been well three and i'm 78 a lot of years and i'm not an expert or anything but what i want to clarify you deserve getting best sportscaster of the year two years ago. What I'm saying today has nothing to do with you and how you look at sports. But I will say I've had 20 years of crap, and I've heard it from radio, television. <laughs> I've heard it from the newspaper, the Internet, and the news media. And our problem goes back to our regents. It goes back to our chancellor, our presidents, and our athletic directors. The state of Nebraska and Nebraska fans have been screwed for 20 years. And I'm at the age where I have a little bit of jack that I may be given back, but it's not going to go. It's not going to go to Nebraska football program, I'll tell you that. And I like to hear realistic things like you're talking about. This season, we had a lot of chances that didn't happen to have it. And this season, like next year, we're going to have, like you said, a hell of a lot of improvement, and I appreciate that. But the whole the whole support that I know from my old friends, and there's less and less of us there, we stuck with Nebraska. I remember my dad back in the 50s saying, well, maybe, maybe next year, maybe next year. We stuck by it all this time. But I don't think the fans we have now have the uh, disposition to be as – uh, loyal as some of us folks that are my age right now. That's my only thing. It just gets disgusting to hear all this stuff. John, thanks thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you listening, man. Thanks for the kind words. No, John is there at a certain age. There's a, a certain appetite, and you are full. You are you are ready for success now, and you want it to happen yesterday because 
you've been waiting. <laughs> and John isn't wrong with you go back to the root of the problem and squeeze in one more phone call. But we're here and now with Matt Rule, with Trev Alberts. There's a vision. They're moving forward. We're talking about fixing for 2024. Who's with us? Yeah, Greg in Michigan up against the shot. Greg again in Michigan. Greg, go for it. Real quick, bud. Thanks for calling. Hey, I'm just having a hard time moving past this, not making a bowl. Northwestern made a bowl with a worse picture. The I think it boils down to coaching. They had turnover problems all the way from spring to mm-hmm. fall camp and the whole season. That's coaching. It's not talent. We have the talent to win most of those games. Falls on coaching. They got to get better. I'm out. I appreciate you, Greg. Thanks. No, he's, I think Rule said they got to coach better. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has said that at some point. We got to teach it better, got to coach it better. So I think the accountability is there with the head man. And that's one thing I would put money down is that, He's going to make sure it gets fixed. But look at the Jets. The Jets have talent all over the field because Aaron Rodgers brought in talent. Do you blame Robert Sala for Zach Wilson being a terrible quarterback? Yeah, that was before Sala got there. Mitch Sherman, he'll unleash the fury next. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking big red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity continues. We'll get to your StreamYard comments. More your phone calls. 489-1240. Let's head to the line, though, and spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. At Mitch Sherman. On Twitter's where you find him. You read him with The Athletic. And, uh, Mitch, you're on your roof. Are you Are you okay, brother? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Um, if anybody knows where I live, you can drive by and see me on the top of on the top of my roof right now. You know, we had like a, um, a quiet. Well, I, you never want to say quiet. It's going to be quiet because you don't know. But what seemed to be a peaceful couple of hours this afternoon, with no um, with no craziness in the transfer portal or the coaching carousel, and the weather is not brutally cold. So I'm taking advantage of this this little break before the sunset to get some lights hung from my roof. And man, I almost got down. I was almost done. I've got like the last, the last <laughs> extension cord to plug in and then it will light up like, um, like Clark Griswold does it. And, uh, we'll be, we'll be good to go. But as for now, you got me on my roof. So do you have any neighbors with you in your neighborhood on their roof? That it, the, no. the, the, that says, come to Lincoln, Will, Howard? I mean, is there anyone who did cursive oh. on top of their roof? Like a sign? Yeah, like a, a like sign. A, in case, Land here. Casey's flying overhead to yeah. Kansas State. Uh, graduate transfer. No, um, I don't know if the if the outcry for Will Howard is, is that strong. I think everybody's just kind of assessing what's going on in the portal right now and, and trying to determine... You know who Nebraska might be interested in. I can't wait to get the opportunity tomorrow, now that the season's over, to hear how Matt Rule answers the question about a portal quarterback and if he's going to open the door 100% wide and say, come on in, we recognize that we need help, if he's going to play it close to the vest and do as we've heard pretty much so far and say, hey, we're close. 
We just need everybody who's on this team to get a little bit better, and this can go from a five-win team to a ten-win team. I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. Or he, he may say, say no, we're, we're, we're not shopping in the portal. I think that's the least likely answer. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious to see which way he plays it when he has some, uh, he has some time to talk tomorrow afternoon or late morning. Mitch Sherman's with us on his roof. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, we do have the relevant emergency personnel on speed dial. Should we hear anything Just, in the background? Just no. Let's not even think that. Um, well, Mitch, <laughs> no. are, Mitch, are you harnessed in? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm in a safe spot right now. I'm not hanging over any edges. I mean, I'm sitting on a – I'm good. I'm good right now. Now, 10 minutes from now when I'm trying to climb down the ladder, that's always a little dicey, but I'll, I think I'll be okay. Mitch, I've never put lights up in my life, and I've had three homes. Yeah, I get roped into this every year. I think my wife is, is, uh, is, is you know, it's a win-win for her. Like, that's too more of a... Hold on. She's either going to get lights or... Or, or life. You know, she's going to get the life insurance. So, I, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I, I, my grandpa actually did fall off a roof back in his day. It was a long, hard recovery. But the lesson that I always learned from him. You're serious. Oh, I'm 100% serious. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. This was before I was born. Okay. Um, but the lesson, he was holding a piece of plywood. And you know how there's a really broad side? It was a windy day. Mm. And it caught a lot of wind. So the lesson I learned from him, and Mitch, maybe this is a lesson that's relevant to you. If you have something that can catch a lot of wind that you're, is in your hands, make sure it is not broadside to the wind because it will pull you off the roof, just to let you know. Yeah. It's surprisingly, it's surprisingly calm up here. The wind has died down. It's really a nice night. I've done this in much colder weather. And I thought that when I came up here today that it was going to be bad, um, just looking at the at the weather data, saw some gusts up to 20 miles an hour. I was really on the fence about whether I wanted to do this today, but looking at the rest of the week, it didn't look any better. And you get into December, and then it's just unacceptable. You've you've missed the you've missed the window. So I've um, as long as the as long as the lights come on when I hit the power, I've uh, I've accomplished a great deal today. I hope those lights work, um, Mitch. Uh, we were talking here about Nebraska and the quarterback situation, so. Let's just put it to you. Uh, a quarterback does what for this football team? Nebraska's a quarterback away from what? And, and I said, best case, eight or nine wins next year for sure. Uh, eight this year if you got somebody that takes care of the football. Yeah, if you want to talk about this year, I think that's easier to assess because you've seen all the teams that Nebraska played and you've seen what, it, what the difference is when they, you don't have good quarterback play. And there was a stretch there, I'd say, in late September, early October, where Heiner Carberg was, was very serviceable and giving Nebraska what it needed to win games. But then the turnover bug creeps back in. And for the majority of the season, it was way, way below average. I think if Nebraska had an average quarterback, or just average quarterback play is a better way to put it, through 12 games this year, based on the schedule that it played, I, I mean, I would say that the, the ceiling is 10-2. and two. I don't want to say 11 and one because that's really just everything going your way. And, and Colorado, at the end of the day, was was a little bit out of hand with where the score ended up, and the Buffs were playing very well right then. So 10 and two, that would that's Iowa, and I think Nebraska, you know, in a different with a different formula, was a quarterback, a, a, a good to average, above average quarterback away from being 
every bit as good as Iowa or better. Next year, you have to assess the schedule, and it looks really tough toward the end of the year. You know, I can't tell you today how good UCLA is going to be, how good USC is going to be. Um, I know there were teams that would have beaten Nebraska this year just because of the, the, the offense that they possess. But Nebraska with, let's say, a top 40 quarterback next year, I think against the tougher schedule can be right there in that conversation. Again, maybe not for 10 wins, but for, but for eight, seven to eight. And, you know, maybe you push it a little higher if, if you get some breaks. Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, a talking point out there this week is how attractive of a transfer portal destination for a quarterback is Nebraska. You have Bud Elliott, 24-7 sports, as well as CBS Sports, chiming in saying, no way in hell would I play for Satterfield. He's had a bit of an anti-Satterfield agenda dating back to Satterfield's days at South Carolina. But you look at the numbers, and he kind of has a point. So I, I want to put the question to you. It's uh, something our stream listeners have been discussing in the chat here in this show. How attractive of a portal destination is Nebraska currently? Well, a couple things. One, you look at the opportunity to be on a big stage if you're a quarterback. and you, you, I think a, a quarterback who's competitive and believes in himself is going to look at the Nebraska schedule and say, yeah, I want to go play at Ohio State. I want to go play at USC. I want to see uh, you know, Iowa, Wisconsin, UCLA on the schedule. It's tough at the end of the year. I get it. But it's also attractive for the guy with the right mindset. And you want that guy who has that kind of a mindset. You want somebody who, who wants to attack and doesn't think about what the negative ramifications are for the position. At the same time, I do think you have to take into account as a quarterback who has options. And anybody that Nebraska covets is going to have options. What, what's happened with the quarterback spot, not just this year at Nebraska, but in recent years, and how many injuries the quarterbacks have gone through. And I think the, the, the bowl drought is absolutely something that comes into play. If you're a quarterback and, you, and let's say you're looking for a sixth year or, or you're a fifth-year guy next season, um, you, know, you want to go to a place where you feel good about their ability to win. And it's, it's tough for Nebraska to sell that, I think, just based on the history. So that's where Matt Rule – has to come in and, and do a great job selling the program. And, and, you know, I think he can do that. I think he's positioned to do that. I think he knows what to say and how to sell it. I mean, we, we hear it every week when, when Matt Rule talks, the kind of the sunny side of what's been going on. And I think he believes it. I think his players believe it, and they'll help him sell it too. And then the other factor you have to consider is NIL. And Nebraska seemingly should be in a good position to, to entice a quarterback through NIL opportunities that are – well above average and on par with a top 20 to 25 paying program. So um, that's, that's also a factor. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic joining us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch on his roof, putting up Christmas lights, keeping an ear to the portal. So you did your inventory with the Nebraska offense without giving too much away. Do you like, um, do you like what, what Matt Rule potentially has coming back, we'll know officially tomorrow or, or at least have a better idea. Yeah, uh, the story's published today, so I'll be happy to give everything away and, and encourage people to go read it. But I took a look at, at every, everyone who's eligible to come back. I'm putting them on the list of players who at this point are back. And then that, that list is, is going to evolve a lot through, the, through the, the off season. So this is kind of a starting point. And, you know, I want this list to be a reference to, to be able to look back on in, in March before spring practice starts and then again 
in I just got a honk from somebody who seemed concerned about me. Um, <laughs> no, it's somebody uh, in the neighborhood that's listening to us and was like, oh, I know where Mitch lives. It might, it might be somebody may have driven off the road knowing where I live. And <laughs> we've been on the phone now for 15 minutes, so that's very possible. But, and then come back to that in, in July and look again at where that list is at. So I have players on that list on the offensive side, like Ethan Piper, like Jeff Sims who I have no expectation will be on the roster. But right now, on the, or, or as of last Friday, you know, nobody had left the program yet. We haven't started to hear of announcements from Nebraska players. I think those are coming, and, and maybe as soon as, as the next 24 hours. And certainly when the transfer portal opens for business for players at a, at a program that has not undergone a coaching change on Monday, um, you're going to hear news. Nebraska is going to have to lose players to the portal because they're – they're way over the limit right now as far as where they need to be on scholarships for next August. And they still have pieces of course that they want to add both through the portal and some final recruits to, to, to gather for the 2024 class. And that's fine. You want to be over the limit now. So the problem for Nebraska is, is not in any way that it has too much talent on the roster. There, there are, are many spots when you look over that roster where it's, it's not going to be difficult for Nebraska to find room to trim. And that stuff will, will work itself out over the next several months. But this is a starting point that, that I put out there today. Offense um, is on the site today, and, and I'll have defense and special teams at the end of the week. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. Uh, look for those as Mitch will put some final touches Griswold-styled on the, the Sherman household for this holiday season. Mitch, be safe. Thanks for taking the call on your roof and talking some big red ball. Yeah, assuming all goes well, I'll send you a picture tonight. Um, if you don't get a picture from me, that means something went very badly on my trip down the ladder or the lights didn't come on. Okay, we will uh, we will want that picture soon. Mitch, you take care. Thanks right. again. Thanks. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. That was good stuff from Mitch Sherman. Check the podcast out, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play uh, with Mitch Sherman. Or you can just, you know, always check out the Hale Varsity YouTube channel for the streamed version. Now, we did not have live footage of Mitch on his roof putting lights up, but uh, that was that was glorious for him to do the play-by-play, then take time out, and it sucks outside. I'm not going to lie. It's cold. It's tougher than I am. And uh, just making sure I got that in there, Todd, before you send an email, uh, chris at hailvarsity.com. But, no, Mitch did two things at once. There was finishing the lights. Presumably he's got the staple gun like Clark and uh, was putting the lights up. So the, the finest house in uh, the, the Gretna region, uh, that's probably Mitch Sherman, the, Mitch Sherman's, the, the Sherman household that's all lit up, Elijah. Pretty, uh, pretty cool to do uh, quarterback portal discussions while one's uh, making sure all the lights work. And he's doing it for me. He's probably doing it for you. Or did you put lights up? Oh, yeah. I'm putting yeah. lights up. What is that? I haven't even, even put my tree up yet. Yeah, okay. TV Trees TV up. Mama, Mama did that. Reminder uh, from a personal injury standpoint about your friends at Dyer Law. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on Dyer Law, the team, to provide you with that helping hand when you need it. No matter what you're dealing with, call Dyer Law and the team today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. 
That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. the number to get in. we got open phones here till 5 or a little after. Matt Schick coming up here in hour two. I'm going to try to find an analogy between quarterbacks and Christmas lights, but I would just like to add, the reason I don't have Christmas Sometimes lights Sometimes the ones you have in the basement don't work. No, it's, it's not that. I have Christmas lights in the basement. I'm not a Grinch for not putting them up. There's just an old saying, happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. I don't have a wife to tell me to put Christmas lights on the house. Therefore, I will not be getting on the roof in December, in the cold, in the wind, endangering my life and my well-being to put up some lights. If I had a wife to tell me to do that, I'm sure I would do it because, you know, happy wife, happy life. As I am unmarried, as I don't have a wife to tell me to put Christmas lights on, I will refuse to do so until it becomes necessary. That's where I'm at. Okay. You know, I think that's reasonable. Well, she can tell me to put up lights all she wants. and Happy wife, happy life. I have a response. And she's never happy. So there you go. I'm partly responsible for that. Jim checks in uh, when it comes to Nebraska. Nebraska also less attractive uh, that we're, we're getting national attention for our horrible offense this year. The CBS commentator said no way in hell. I should sign up to play quarterback for Satterfield. You touched on that during the interview with Mitch. I mean, there is some perception you got to fight. Now, the thing that that Nebraska, specifically with Matt Rule, that they've been good at, Matt Rule's been great at in his career at every stop, has been getting buy-in. And he gets buy-in because he spends time with guys. Guys want to not only believe what he's telling them, he, he shows progress. They get better, right, if you stick around. But they also want to play for him and perform for him. There, there is that connection. This guy does give a crap about me, so let's give it our all for him. I mean, that, that used to not necessarily be a question mark because I'm going to put on my old man pants here, but it, it is now. And Rule gets today's athlete. He's very in tune and uh, and that's that's a thing that can offset if you've got objections he'll hear them and then he'll have a rebuttal and ultimately he ain't gonna force you Mm. you don't want to be here fine and he's not going to be angry about it he's very he wants guys that want to be here guys that are here and some are staying will have some finalization but elijah what'd you think about the uh, all big 10 snubs or am i going too far I mean, Reimer, third team, fine. Reimer's a good ball player. I could have found my way to talk about the Polar Bear or Robinson, as impactful as they were in about every game they played, not named Michigan. They were pretty dominant. I mean, they had, they had moments of dominance. They just didn't win enough. I mean, the record kept them out of that third team or even second team. Listen, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, they're going to have dudes – but uh, and Mitch had this tweet earlier. Are, are there 14 better defensive tackles than Polar Bear and Ty Robinson in the Big Ten? I don't know. I don't believe so. I don't but, believe so either. But two things to note here with these, these end-of-season awards, these teams and whatnot. First off, take the media. Cast that to the side. The me- and I say this being somebody who is in the media. We, the media, for the most part, have no idea what the hell we're talking about. That's a broad generalization, so let me 
step that back just a little bit and just say, maybe a better way to put it, the coaches know a hell of a lot more of what's going on within the conference than the media. That being said, most media members covering one specific team, you know, you don't have time to watch every single game from every single team in the Big Ten every single Saturday. Yeah, you're going to catch some Nebraska games. You're going to catch some Illinois games, some Northwestern games, some Maryland games. You don't get, for the most part, and there are some exceptional media members out there, I am sure, that catch every single game, that put in their 40 hours every single weekend and make sure that they catch every single play of every single game. Still, what are you going to look at whenever it comes down to at the end of the season? You're going to look at stats. Mm. And stats don't tell the whole story. And even coaches. Yeah, coaches have their game planning. They have their scouting they still don't have a great idea. I mean, Husker fans have a better idea of what Nebraska players put on the field this year than most members of the media, most members of the Big Ten. I'm not saying Husker fans have a better idea of who should be on these all Big Ten teams, but... Your eyes don't lie. Yeah, your eyes don't lie. And media members, coaches alike, they're looking at stats for these end-of-season awards. Yeah, they're looking at their eye test, but coaches aren't going to remember every single player they played against this season. They're going to oh, yeah, number 90 from Nebraska. They'll, they'll, remember, they'll remember the, the guys at Michigan on the interior. They'll remember guys at Ohio State in that front seven. They'll remember Minnesota's safety that picked off everybody in some of their marquee wins or tied ball games, and the Gophers only had five of them. But they, they returning all Big Ten uh, safety, uh, was impressive, but guys... Again, again. No, I know. I, I you, should know it. But. You, you should know it, but he slipped your name in that moment because we're members of the media. Yeah. And at the end of the day... I just know I'm not throwing at him. Yeah, but uh, again, it's kind of the towards, point I'm making here. Towards the end of the half, and I'm not throwing at him towards the end of the game. It's kind of the point I'm making here, though, with these all Big Ten media lists and all these Big Ten coaches lists. You know what? At the end of the day, they're a bit of a crapshoot, and people are going to look at the stats... They're going to forget some games from their eye test. They're not going to have notes on every single play from every single game. It's a bit of a popularity contest. You look at the stats. You look at the popularity. What names do you know? That's who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. The, the media list, hey, it's a great reason for Nebraska to have some to be able to pull the disrespect card this offseason. Hey, Nash. Hey, Ty. They didn't think you're good enough to be an all-Big Ten team. Show them why this offseason. Show them why next I, I thought I thought, really Newton, I thought Newton for Illinois was, was big time. I thought Cooper DeGene's a game-changer. Those are two guys I'd circle. I thought Gallagher's been good for a long time at Northwestern. No worry there. Um, and to be honest with you, Newbin is who I was thinking about. His brother played running back. Newbin, that safety was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, you, you got screwed if you're Polar Bear and, and, and Ty Robinson. But guess what? You can come back and, and, uh, and remember that. We'll wind down hour one next. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Matt Schick is 10 minutes away. Eddie Markowski to talk some hoops, more football thoughts. We'll get to some NFL. 489-1240. You want to sneak in before the hour is done. And uh, we spend time with Mr. Schick. So first and foremost, Tony White, what is the Tony White update? We need a Tony White sounder. So Syracuse, right, familiarity with Cuse, an ACC program. They are looking at Fran Brown. Of course, Fran connected with Matt Rule, uh, and I think Fran's a guy that probably helped send some Georgia Bulldogs Nebraska's way, the secondary coach at Georgia. Uh, Fran is in the running for that Syracuse job that is, uh, you know, you can – 
do a lot worse than, than Fran Brown. I know he's been a position coach and kind of the co-coordinator there at Georgia, at least with the secondary. Um, he's somebody I'd look at real hard. Is he better than Tony White? Don't know that. But if you're a Nebraska fan, you're, uh, you're hoping that some of these openings that may be intriguing uh, get filled. So... Tony can stick and stay for, for one more year. That is if you're a Nebraska fan. And I think the real upside to Fran Brown at Syracuse is his acumen as a recruiter. Yes. That's big at Syracuse. Syracuse, is all, Syracuse has always somehow, some way brought dudes up to upstate New York. San Diego State, they are targeting and looking at Sean Lewis. A fat man in a little coat, Brady Hoke, was a defensive-minded guy. So you hire defense one year, you blow out defense, you go offense. Sean Lewis could do some nice things as he was part of Colorado's staff and then demoted. Speaking of, um, you have Deion Sanders Jr. and uh, Danny Cannell continuing their food. Tis the season. So back on the 17th, I believe that was, was that after the, no, that was the Colorado State overtime right affair. After Colorado yeah. State, yeah. So you had Deion Sanders Jr. and I quote on Twitter to Danny Cannell, you are a pure hoe. <laughs> uh, I have to remember myself, what was the original tweet? I don't know. It was deleted. But anywho, Danny Cannell uh, responded. Uh, 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 it was a poll asking, should you storm the field after a win in overtime as a 24-point favorite? That's right. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and Dion Jr. responded with how he responded. And now, since it is uh, getting close to the holiday season, another gift from Danny Cannell. Hey, Junior, congrats on four four wins in year one. Some advice in year two. Stop writing checks your little bros can't cash. Clean up your language. I'm sure Daddy doesn't approve. And when you lose, say little. When you say, when you win, when you win, say less. Hashtag DK receipts. So Danny Cannell... Keeping receipts. Ah, uh, yes, that's uh, Danny Cannell, two and zero on this one, I think. Yeah, well, he loves to troll, and there he is. I don't know if he's gonna win this battle or war, but he's he's doing well so far. And for for Dion Junior to, to to go gardening tool on him, well, it was is, is hilarious. He may have lost the first skirmish, but he ta- it was a it was a he doubled his efforts. It was a retreat retreat back into the main lines of his forces, which Deion Sanders Jr. walked directly into. He did. It was and a trap. It was an absolute trap. Uh, cue Star Wars. Hour two. Matt Schick coming up. Uh, Andy Markowski. Room for you. More of your comments in the stream. Hail Varsity Radio continues. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hail Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Welcome in with the Schick and Nick podcast, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Sirius XM, 
and uh, well, all-star youth baseball coach Matt Schick with us at ESPN underscore Schick. Am I am I right there? All-star baseball coach. Can we go ahead and give you that? Yeah, that's fine. Um, my buddy Nick Law has referred to me as the Joe Girardi of of rec baseball. So it's a lot there. I mean, look, when you when you sign up your kids for these things, you have dreams of winning a two dollar trophy, uh, which you you can put on your kid's mantle. And, um, you know, he owes me a lot because we've, we've got a bunch of them right here. So, Rec Hall of Famer, you, you bet. I love that. That is so good. If you don't win the trophy, just buy one and, and put it up anyway, right? I mean. That's right. I mean, when he's older, he's not going to remember if we won or lost. We're like, oh, we must have won something. That's right. You have a $2 trophy to remember it by. <laughs> well, no trophy for Nebraska this season. Uh, five and seven. What a topsy-turvy Big Ten West. I'm sure that was glorious all season long to do highlights with uh, the Big Ten West <laughs> ball games. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Matt, what do you think of, of Coach Rule's year one? Um, we've played a lot of tug-of-war with the good, the bad, the ugly, and um, we think, you know what, it could have been better, but all in all, five wins, uh, I guess you'll take and you, you'll hope to build on. What do you look at? Uh, what are you impressed with, and what are you left wanting? Well, I mean, you win five or six games, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And then in the context of the season, you look back and say, what a wasted opportunity to get to the postseason. The bar has been set pretty low here, and he couldn't reach it. But at the same time, there was enough there to let you know that he's got this thing on the right path. At least that's, you know, from my judgment, um, you know, you look at some of the luck rankings and the fact that Nebraska underachieved based on its opportunities. I don't know if that's a reflection of him or a reflection of just the state of the program and where they're at. But, um, you know, the fact is you had every opportunity to get to a bowl. If you didn't, would that really change a whole lot? I don't know. I mean, I, I've said, you know, once the advent of the 12-team playoff comes out, uh, making to a bowl isn't going to be good enough anyway. But that's the next step for this program, and they've, They've got to get there, and uh, this this Big Ten will not be any easier than it was this year, and I think that's where the frustration comes in. But but I think you'll be able to tell, you know, how many kids hit the portal, how many of these young, talent talented players decide to go elsewhere. And I think he's got enough decent talent, but they're not mind-blowing talent. It's a developmental program. Um, if these kids are going to leave, you're going to get, go develop somewhere else. You're not going to star somewhere else. So I think that's you'll be able to tell the kind of program he has with how active the portal is um, in terms of departures. And I think Nebraska will be okay. Matt, how would you sum up the 2023 season in a word or a phrase? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, Tantalizing, maybe teasing, you know, uh, those those are kind of the words of, okay, you're you're kind of right there. You're, you're enticed. Um, It left you wanting more of like most seasons. Um, so those would be a couple there. I mean, it's look, any Nebraska fan is kind of used to this by now, but I think if this, if this happens in year three or four, you start to panic year one, you're right on the cusp. Um, I can't remember a time that they were playing for a bowl, uh, as early as they were. Mm-hmm. So there's progress there. If you'd like, I mean, the, the calendar had barely turned to November and, uh, they were playing for a bowl game. So there, there's some progress. Matt, let's look at uh, some situations going on. Not only is it portal bonanza for a, a lot of experienced quarterbacks, 
Uh, Matt Schick gets a phone call from Matt Rule. What is the advice of, of one Matt Schick with Nebraska's quarterback room? Oh, I'd say we need to, uh, Coach Rule, you need to be very active uh, in the portal, at least in terms of looking. Um, if you believe you have the answer at quarterback, then why wasn't he playing sooner? Mm-hmm. So you almost have to go against your judgment to uh, to continue with uh, Chubba Purdy, which could be the case. I mean, that he looked fine. He looked like he has ability. There's a reason, you know, FSU was in on him and Louisville. Like there, there were there were teams that that wanted him. Some got him, and the Nebraska eventually did. Um, but you know, how, how good is he? It's it's always hard to tell how good a player is when you're not throwing to top tier talent. When you're not when you have backup running backs behind you. When you have an offensive line that is, you know, still a work in progress, it's just so hard to get a gauge on how good players are until they're surrounded by really good players, i.e., Joe Burrow. So it's hard to do, um, but I would say do your due diligence. The the portal is going to be as active as ever, and uh, see if there's someone who wants to come on board. The more competition, the better. But you can't screw it up. Don't just take a guy to take a guy. Uh, don't trust Jeff Collins anymore. Trust your own judgment. <laughs> figure it out. Let's go from quarterback to offensive coordinator. You've covered uh, college football on a national level, and uh, there's a lot of Cosgrove treatment 2.0 towards <laughs> Satterfield. And, you know, what's the word around the campfire from people you know and trust in the world of college football on Satterfield? Is he a, a, a cook trying to make ramen right now because of all, all the injuries, or – is there something there historically, turnover-wise, with his offenses? They, there, there is data that says he's a high turnover offense. So, uh, what do you believe? Well, I, I believe that when he was hired and Jeff Sims was a part of that addition, um, you know, when Rule gets Satterfield and then they both collectively get Sims, there was a thought from those who must know much more than I. That uh, of befuddlement, of confusing, of what what exactly are they trying to do here, and that pretty much you know, played itself out with the way that the season went. Um, again, it's you know Jeff Sims was a turnover machine before he got to Nebraska, so I don't know if that's a Satterfield issue. Uh, the quarterback carousel with the injuries, yeah. How, there are too many moving parts and too many variables. I think to make too many judgments on, on Satterfield at this point. Here's all I know. The team played hard. The team wanted to win. The team looked disciplined. Um, they just need more talent, and they need more development, and that's what you get at a, a developmental program. Tell me, Shake, in your opinion, with what you saw this year, is this offense a quarterback away? That seems to be priority number one in the transfer portal, but is it as simple as that in your mind? I think it's a quarterback away from a bowl game. I think every quarterback is every program's a quarterback away from a bowl game. Truly, um, there there are some really good players that can turn your program around. But again, with the uh, uh, with the injuries and such, I mean, I'm not. I don't know how many games Peyton Manning would have won with Nebraska. My guess is at least six, but maybe not much more than that. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Look, look against against Michigan State and Caden Hauser. You know, Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa is a really good quarterback, and he didn't do well against Nebraska. Couldn't put up many points. Uh, Wisconsin went in the portal to get Tanner Mordecai. Hasn't really panned out. And we all know the Iowa issues that they've had. So, 
you know, a lot of programs are getting to, you know, some of these middling programs are getting to bowl games in spite of their quarterback, not because of it. And so if you can get a because of quarterback instead of an in spite of, then, yeah, that's, that's worth at least a couple of wins. Matt Schick is with us, Sirius XM, and, uh, of course, ESPN Radio, ESPN. And to add to that, hey, and to add to that, yeah. that the, 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 the better answer is a quarterback away from what? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what is Nebraska trying to do? Is it a quarterback away from a bowl game? Sure, you went five and seven. You know, make one fewer mistake against Iowa and you're there. Is it a quarterback away from, you know, competing for a Big Ten championship? Absolutely not. I mean, this is this is a roster that needs um, – it's not a microwavable roster. It's an oven-baked roster. It needs time. Colorado, uh, you've got a couple of coaches that are gone. I know Warren Sapp's moved to, to Boulder. Uh, Prime had a great start, not a good finish. How does Buff Finn or Buff alum Schick feel about this season? Did they play any more games after September? I didn't. I didn't hear. <laughs> I didn't hear you guys. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I didn't hear anything. Um, as far as I know, they're still sitting pretty in the top twenty-five and undefeated, and just beat Colorado State. Life is good. So, next question. No, uh, it's uh, you know <laughs> the, the verdict is certainly still out. I don't know how this is going to go. I said when we talked last summer. We talked about how this was going to go. I said it was either going to be spectacularly great or spectacularly bad. It's going to blow up awesomely or terrifically awful. And we might get both. I don't know. I mean, we the first month was great. Now, this team did improve. This team was getting blown out in games last year. You look at the scores, they're getting better. The problem is you cannot, I said this last year, you cannot build a program with transfer mercenaries and hope for sustained success. Look what happened with Mel Tucker in his second year after COVID. You know, yeah, they win 11 games. Then what? Took a step back, and this year wasn't going to be good whether he was the coach or not. So you've got to be able to build from within and be and know who you are. And for Colorado, um, I, you know, he said he said I'm not hard to find, but you got to go find them. You know, that, that's really what recruiting is all about. And I hope he does as a Colorado guy. I hope he can bring in guys, but. You know, they also want to play for winners, and it is hard to to get recruits to stay on board when you haven't won a game in two months. That's kind of where Colorado's at. Well, the news of the day, Matt, Sean Lewis expected to take the head coaching job at San Diego State, important for both Colorado fans and Husker fans because Tony White was considered a candidate there. But, Matt, before we get you out of here, I want to flip gears here, talk conference championship weekend, some playoff implications at stake. We'll get your thoughts on the weekend as a whole. What games will you be watching? Do you have any teams on upset alert? What are your thoughts on conference championship weekend? Well, I'm a little surprised that the point spread for Oregon-Washington is as high as it is. Um, I don't know if some people are curious if Michael Penix Jr. is not 100% healthy, and that might be a part of it. I think Oregon is the better team. Um, I, I don't know how much craziness we're going to get this weekend. Um, you know, I would say that it all comes down to Georgia-Alabama. If Georgia beats Alabama, this stuff is pretty clean. If Alabama upsets Georgia, then we're pining for a, multi, a 12-team playoff, which is happening next year anyway. But, um, you know, I'm going to be at the ACC championship game. I've got the Dr. Pepper uh, scholarship tuition giveaway at halftime of that. So I'll be, be sending in your puns and your plays on words that I can use uh, for that as soon as possible. But I think Florida State-Louisville – 
you know, if Louisville um, upsets them, then that certainly opens the door for a Texas and a Big 12 championship, um, a Big 12 champion to get in. I, I do think it's going to be Texas, Oregon, Georgia, and Michigan. I think those are going to be the four. And frankly, I think if that is the case, I think three of the four can win it. I think Oregon is really good. I don't think Texas is there yet, but I think Oregon is really good. And I, um, I'm not sure I'd, if I could pick any team right now in the playoff, uh, they might be the one I'd least want to play just because of how they're playing right now. But I, I hope for chaos, but also chaos means Alabama beating Georgia, and I'm not sure if people want to see Alabama in the playoff. Although it would be interesting to watch Georgia fans' reaction for them being left out because I do think that would happen if Alabama beat Georgia. Well, Matt, with you being at the ACC title game, I, I want to get your take. Is Florida State a playoff team without Jordan Travis on the field? Oh, I don't know if they're a playoff worthy team, but they're getting in if they win the game. Mm. I'll put it that way. Like at some point you can't just assume anything. You know what I love about the committee is they say we don't project. We don't make any projections. Well that's exactly what you'd be doing if you said Florida State wasn't in the playoffs despite being undefeated. That would be a pure projection uh, unless they turn it over seven times and still find a way to beat Louisville. Like it's the the eye test they might not pass it the last couple of games, but it's always been a mosaic of best versus most deserving. So it would be hard for me in that committee room to hold it against an undefeated a Power 5 champ. But they would get in, and they would probably lose by two or three touchdowns in the first game if they're the four seed and take on Georgia or even Michigan. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, but injuries happen, but I, I couldn't hold it against the team. Last thought, Matt Schick with us. Matt, good to spend time with you. Thanks again. How does Ohio State get in, can they? Yeah, they can. Um, they're going to need some help. They're big Oklahoma State fans, and they're big Louisville fans. I think if those two things happen, and Washington wins, Michigan wins, Georgia wins, then they're in. The problem is, if Oregon beats Washington, I think I'd put Washington in over Ohio State. But they need Washington to win. Um, but then they need Oklahoma State, which is a two-touchdown underdog, and Alabama, which is a touchdown. Excuse me, not. Uh, they need Oklahoma State to win, and they need Louisville which is about a three-point underdog in order to, to get in. But I, I wouldn't put dirt on them yet. Uh, crazier things have happened, and a couple crazy things happened this weekend, and they could find their way in. I, I still think they're one of the top five teams in college football, and frankly, if they get a little better protection on that last drive and Kyle McCord completes a few more passes, we're having a very different conversation about Ohio State, and they're the ones favored by three touchdowns against um, against Iowa. But it's funny listening to the listening to the uh, SEC fans and those who cover them say, "Oh, it would be just terrible for Georgia to be left out if they lost." Well, you know, be would be even worse if Alabama and Georgia actually played each other in the regular season, because that's what happens with Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. One of them is excluded. So the fact is, if Alabama and Georgia played in the regular season, they might not play as often as they do in the postseason in the SEC championship. They played three times in the last 15 years in the regular season. So I know that's going to change next year, but such is life in the Big Ten when you've got Ohio State and Michigan playing each other every year. And um, one wins, one loses. And even though it's a one-possession game, people outside the Big Ten don't care. They're kicking dirt on Ohio State. It is what it is. Matt, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, time, fellas. Have a great week, and go Buffs. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Let's talk some Husker hoops. We welcome in the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski with us at Markowski underscore Andy, where you follow him on Twitter. Andy, how was the uh, the holiday? Did you have a good time with family? Thanks for joining us. No, happy to be here. Yeah, it was kind of a, uh, a little bit of unconventional Thanksgiving. Uh, we actually traveled down to St. Pete. Uh, the women's uh, Husker team was, was down there for for a couple games, so we um, we did uh, we did Thanksgiving from from the beach. But the, the weather in Florida wasn't wasn't balmy, but certainly better than what uh, the weather here Friday and Saturday was. So, any different sides with uh, Turkey Day on the beach? Did you go a little seafood for everybody? Yeah, there was certainly a unique uh, menu uh, compared to what uh, I normally would have. But we did uh, do do some seafood. Tried to uh, make it part of that experience, but. But missed the uh, the turkey, the ham, and, and the uh, traditional uh, Thanksgiving meal that we normally have if we were to stay back here or visit the parents up in Oregon. Well, Andy, here's the the real question for you: Is your tan now better than Schmitty's? That'd be an accomplishment. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I, I didn't peel uh, back all the layers, so I uh, <laughs> I did not get a lot of sun. I I, I stayed relatively uh, comfortable and. Uh, so, yeah, I just, he's probably got a better tan than me. I hate to admit it. Uh, well, I, I don't fade real easy. Uh, and, and that's uh, thank you, Mom and Dad. So there, there we go. Uh, tan fat is happy fat, uh, Andy. So uh, that's how I'm running with it. But let's, uh, let's, get, let's stay with, with basketball. We'll talk women's hoops a little bit further in a moment. But Big Red off to that uh, 7-0 and start, uh, Andy, and – your takeaway here, uh, we're early, but want to get a, a, an early thought on Nebraska-Creighton. But what have you liked so far, uh, aside from the record, with with um, this year's team, with, with what Fred and company got going? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like. Um, you know, I, I love their versatility. Um, you know, I think positionally they're, they're long, right? You can... You know, you can go Williams at the three and, and play Alec and Mass, which, you know, I think is the, the, the best front line that, that certainly Fred has had. You know, it probably goes back to Miles' uh, NCAA tournament team um, with just length and, and size on that on that front line. Um, their, their ability to share the basketball, I, I thought maybe they would struggle uh, since the turnovers without a true point guard. They've done a really good job of, of um, you know, just kind of playing together and, and staying attached and, and sharing the basketball, and that's kept their their turnovers down. Um, I don't think they've shot it as well as, as as they can shoot it. I know they're averaging nine threes a game, which is tops in the league. But I, I just don't think Tobinaga has been as aggressive as, as what maybe they need him to be. I think Lawrence has been a little bit more passive as a scorer, uh, running the point. Um, so I, I actually think they can shoot the ball better than than what they have, which is the positive because they're averaging 81 points, which is the most in first tenure. So, you know, they, they've had six leading, different leading scorers in seven games. Um, you know, they, they were rebounding it pretty well. The last two or three they have not, so they're going to have to get that short up, as Fred alluded to, after the, the game on Sunday. But, um, yeah, the, the competition has, has just been okay, right? And they're, they're, they're going to find out, you know, if, if that offense can, 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 can carry through what is going to be a difficult four- or five-game stretcher. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska basketball upcoming matchup with Creighton on Sunday. And Andy, one of the things with this team that surprised me, and I'll, I'll lay this out for you 
right now. I'm a little biased. I'm a Nikola Jokic fan. And I think I see a little bit of Nikola Jokic in Rink Mast. And one of the things that surprised me is I think Rink Mast has maybe been the best weapon for the Huskers so far this year. I know Casey had a perfect game from the field just the other night, but Rink Mast, his all-around presence has been something to behold in double-digit scoring every single game he's played in this year. He gets the rebounds. He gets the assists. What have you seen from him so far for the Huskers this season? Yeah, I think he's their, their most complete player. I mean, he's got legitimate power five size, um, you know, very skilled on the block, right or left shoulder, right or left hand, you know, can step away and shoot. Um, I, I thought they were going to lose. The, 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 the value of Walker last year was the ability for him to really pass at the five spot. They could, you know, put him kind of in the cylinder and, and let him hit cutters. And Masses really has that, that skill. I mean, he's a really terrific passer. He's got good vision. Um, in addition, you know, he's probably a, a better, obviously a better shooter than, than Walker, and he's bigger and a, and a better rebounder. So I, I thought that would be a real, you know, step back. And, and really, I think it's a, it's a positive uh, with, with this year's group because I think Mass is, is terrific. And, you know, I think Williams is, is the second best, most versatile player as, as the teams get better and the defenses get harder and the scouting is more in-depth. I think both of those players are going to be able to to find baskets and and, and score just with their skill and their versatility. Andy, uh, you mentioned versatility and and kind of that that force Nebraska has. I really like the hustle that that, um, Alec has brought. uh, Transfer, of course, a kid that played at North Star. Uh, You mentioned Williams, and, and Rink has been tremendous. Do you worry at all about... Kisei forcing it, and, and I say that respectfully because the way he ended the year, I mean, he kind of emerged last season as a guy coming into this year with coming back for Nebraska to to, to be that go-to guy. Do you think he'll be able to, to live up to that expectation? I mean, he can't always have a great night, but, but I think there's help here for him. But when push comes to shove, can he be a, a big shot maker for Nebraska this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he proved out a year ago that, that he can, you know, be the featured player and, and, and carry a team. I think, you know, over the last, you know, nine games, he was, you know, 20.6 times. Um, I'm not worried about his role. I, I think probably the international experience with, with the Japanese national team probably mm-hmm. helped him. I mean, that, that was the role that he had for them, right, was kind of that come off the bench, you know, take open shots. You're not going to get 20 shots. You're not going to be the featured player. Um, so that probably helped him coming into the season, playing with the group he's now playing with. He, he doesn't have to, to, to do all that. I, I think he can let you know, shots come to him. Um, I think as, as scouting is going to try to take Mast and Williams away, he's going to benefit um, by maybe not getting the best perimeter defender all the time like maybe he did late in the year. So um, I, I think he'll you know, find big games, games where, where he makes you know, five, six, seven threes, um, to, to help us win, but there's also going to be games where you know maybe he only takes five or six shots because you know we like a few other matchups on the court. So you know it just goes back to this is by far the the, the deepest mm-hmm. team that Fred has had, and I think their comfortability of you know you mentioned Alec. Alec is just comfortable, you know, playing hard and rebounding. He doesn't need to score. He you know he's, this is his fifth year of college. He wants to be a part of a winning team, and you can just see that the, the group is. Is just very comfortable, um, you know, playing together and, and allowing different players to have big games and, and not forcing it or, 
you know, you feel like the pressure of getting somebody 15 to 18 shots to keep them happy. This group doesn't seem to to have any of that. They're, they're just playing together. They're having fun, and, and, and certainly, you know, winning takes care of all that, right? It's, it's hard to complain and, 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 and bitch when, when you're winning, and this group is off to a, to a good start, and, you know, I think this is going to be a fun team to follow. Andy, before we specifically look at the Nebraska and Creighton matchup, you alluded to earlier the strength of schedule for Nebraska this year hasn't been among the tops in the country. It's been pretty weak if we're being 100% honest, but it's always better to get learning lessons in a victory than in a loss. Tell me, if you're Fred, what would you be working on this week gearing up for Creighton? I'm kind of alluding to the Creighton matchup just a little bit, but just what have you seen from the first couple of games that you'd be working on here this week before Creighton comes to town? Well, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, there, there's teams that have not put the pressure that Creighton's going to put on you. Um, you know, the conversion defense, being able to get back and, and locate shooters. Um, you know, their ability to shoot the basketball at, you know, at, at five spots uh, a lot of times um, is, is going to be hard to guard. I, I do not think this team is as good as, as last year's group uh, when they went into Omaha and beat Creighton. Um, you know, you look at you look at Bandamel and some of those you know perimeter defenders we had a year ago. Um, you know, I think they that group was ahead of this group defensively, so th- that's going to be a challenge that we're going to have to you know be able to score to keep pace with Creighton. Um, I, I don't think Creighton um, is as difficult to guard this year. Uh, you know, they lost Neemhart, uh, their, their their point guard, and they put him and Kalkbrenner in a, a pick and roll a lot last year. I, I don't think they're as good. This year in the pick and roll, and Kalkbrenner's numbers have, have really shown that. He has not been able to get the amount of shots at the rim. Uh, his production is down, and I, I think that was you know just because of the lack of of, of what they have for a point. They have a good point guard, and, and certainly they have some players step up and, and, and play new positions. But I, I don't think Creighton is as difficult to guard, but I don't think Nebraska is good defensively either. So, you know, we're going to have to be able to score. We're going to have to make shots. Uh, I, I think, you know, mass uh, – Comfortner uh, matchup, you know, we're, we're going to have to win that one. Um, and then, you know, we, we need our depths. I mean, I, I think Creighton plays seven or eight kids that are all productive, and, and Nebraska is going to need that, that same productivity from, from their bench, uh, you know, which should be a really fun game to watch. Andy, uh, is this uh, a, a launching spot for, for this Nebraska season if, if they're able to, to take down Creighton? I know. Creighton's already had their wake-up call against Colorado State, but what would a win at PBA mean over Creighton? Yeah, you know, I think there's, you know, certainly a rivalry there. This is an important game for for the state. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of the guys that went up in Omaha and won are, are back, right? So I, I think they're familiar with with the, uh, um, you know, just just the rivalry. I, I don't. Think if you lose this game, that it it means a lot. I mean, I, you, you, my my concern is the non conference schedule. Um, if you lose to Creighton, you probably need to come back and beat K State. I, I think that you know you need a you know a, a kind of a tournament resume win in the non conference. Um, I like the schedule that they put together. I think Fred is over scheduled in his time here, and it, it, it's just it's, it's taking the energy from the team, it's taking the energy from the fans. So you can finally feel a little buzz. I think they were. A little smarter with the schedule. Um, the, the league doesn't appear to be as deep or good. Um, they're not, you know, the, the wins in the non-conference have, have not come for the Big Ten. So, you know, you're probably looking at a six-fifth league. So, you know, beating Creighton, you know, certainly moves you up in that upper half. There just hasn't been a lot of big non-conference wins for the Big 
Ten team. So, you know, being Creighton, I, I think, puts Nebraska in that upper, you know, three or four teams and, and sort of the recognition uh, in the non-conference with the Big Ten. So I do think it can be, a, a you know, a, a spark in the right direction. But, you know, if they happen to lose that, they, they still have, a you know, a Minnesota and Michigan State the next week and, and to start the conference, and you got K-State before Christmas and, and then, you know, a really tough 20-game league schedule. So there's still a lot of basketball left if we happen to to lose at home, but you know, I think it's a game that they feel like they can win, and being at home is a game that they should win. A few more minutes, Andy Markowski and the other side. Hale Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. We'll get more into the FCS and uh, Division One quarterback options for the Big Red as well. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Pride of Ord. Andy Markowski with us at Markowski underscore Andy, where you follow him on Twitter. Andy will wrap with Husker women's basketball and uh, Big Red trying to bounce back. Florida Atlantic uh, around the corner. But overall, as you look at some of the non-conference and, and the tournament down in Florida, you know where do you see this uh, squad at as they kind of gear up for some non-con to finish and then back into a, a really tough Big Ten? Yeah, it's certainly been a disappointing start um, to lose to Creighton. You know, at, at home, um, you know, was was a tough loss, and then to go down and play a good a good TCU team, which will be a, a tournament team, and and lose um, has. You know, kind of their their backs are against the wall a little bit in the non-con. I, obviously, they've got at Kansas yet um, before Christmas, and that they're in say tournament team. So you know that that becomes a really important game to to keep getting some some resume building wins. But um, but yeah, it's you know it's uh, they've they've played well at times, but you know like last season, the consistency still still hasn't been there to the level that it needs to to to, to beat the best teams on their schedule and. The teams are only going to get better. I mean, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really good teams in the Big Ten. So, you know, hopefully, the, the few non-con games left will will help help them get, you know, get their their bench. They do have a, you know, Potts is a, a freshman having a really good year for them. Um, they need to find a little more consistency at, at one of the guard spots. Um, but if they can find that, I you know, I think there's a lot of basketball ahead for them, and they can end up having a good year. Andy, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for a few minutes with us. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Andy Markowski uh, with us talking some Husker hoops, men's and women's. Uh, We'll check in with Andy down the road for sure. And big one, Sunday at PBA, Creighton, Nebraska. We'll dive back in. Quarterback's been the uh, soup du jour today with the uh, the portal. And uh, we'll hear from Matt Rule tomorrow. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman earlier. Matt Schick also with us. So, there's three reasons why you go into the portal, right? More than three, possibly. But you get paid, you go to win, or you want a better shot at the oh, NFL. From a player's perspective, yes. three reasons, yes. Okay. Right? You get paid, you go to win, or maybe there's a better shot at me at the NFL. So right now, there's been no official announcement from Cam Ward, but Cam Ward was on Nebraska's radar a year ago. And Casey Thompson was the guy around that same time. And Cam Ward was a lower division. I think Incarnate Word was where he was at. He went to Washington State, killed it there. They just missed a bowl um, berth, but not because of him. He's awesome. But 10 different 
offers out there for about a million dollars for his services. Washington State may still be in the Pac-12 by name, but not by social standing anymore. Miami, Ohio State, A&M, Washington, Auburn. Bo Nix, supposed to be the second coming at Auburn, got hurt and then moved on. And look at what he's done at Oregon. Some of the other names, right? You've got... uh, uh, Jerry Bohannon, there's a little rule connection there. Uh, a guy that got granted his seventh year, recruited him at Baylor, rule did, South Florida now, Blake. Uh, uh, Sheppen is the Baylor quarterback, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions this year, but the Bears not a great team. Max Johnson, stop me if you've heard his name before, but he's looking at Portland again, ATM and LSU, but an all Sorts of arm talent. Uh, you have uh, Taylor Tyler Shaw out of Texas Tech. That's a connection there. And then, of course, uh, you have the option with uh, Kansas State and uh, and uh, Will Howard. Uh, I mean, Will Rogers also, although with Jeff Levy going to Mississippi State, I wonder if Will Rogers reassesses. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. You're not going to mention Spencer Petrus? I am not going to mention Spencer Petrus. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I will not mention, mention Spencer Petrus. But no, I mean, and I think if you look at Will Howard, we've had some really good comments uh, in, the, in the stream as well. And then the Holy Cross player, uh, Saluka. Uh, Saluka from Holy Cross. Uh, Redwine checks in. His wish list is as follows. Will Rogers, Luca, Shaw, um, the transfer quarterbacks in that order. And uh, there you go. Um, it's, I think Nebraska can compete. But who's, who's looking at losing a room? I'm interested to see what Ohio State loses. What does Texas lose? Right, because Florida is going to be wanting a quarterback. Notre Dame's going to want a quarterback. All these programs that are on the doorstep of playoff are better, and this thing expands to twelve. They're going to be right there. And NIL, yes, is uh, going to get get them in the door, but a chance to win or NFL potential will keep them there. Does USC go portaling right with uh, Lincoln Riley's track record? Uh, Lane Kiffin is a popular landing spot because it's a fun offense. Saban uh, hasn't gone portaling that often. I mean, he's done pretty well with high school kids, and not all of them stay, but the ones that have have gotten better and gone on to uh, NFL opportunities. We've seen Milrow get better this season alone. Yeah, exactly. So Saban's about it. Uh, You have Daniels, of course, down at LSU that came out the same year as Adrian Martinez, and uh, he left Arizona State. So, no, I think Nebraska has some options, but you have Sheppin and Bohannon are two names. I'm intrigued by Sluka. I don't discount a guy because he's been in a lower level. In fact, Sluka, 59 touchdown passes to 15 interceptions in three years. I will take that. I will take that decision-making and you got to feel better about what's around who's ever at quarterback. What you need, though, is that decision maker pulling the trigger. You need that to be 
quite a bit better for Nebraska next season. That's obvious, but it's not always a promise you will get that in the portal. I mean, Nebraska saw that with Sims last year. And, and here's the question, because you mentioned off the bat a guy like Cam Ward. Is he going to come to Nebraska? No. He passed him up once. Passed him up once. He's got million-dollar offers on the table from a boatload of schools that are a hell of a lot more successful than Nebraska, at least at the current moment. Mm-hmm. Like, It's about Matt Rule finding the guy that you can expect to step in. Like, like I've mentioned it before. Jeff Sims was a toolsy guy. You saw the tools. You saw the potential. You said, we can coach that. Well, turns out you can't. The question to me this offseason is, can Nebraska find a guy that is close to ready-made that is willing to come to Nebraska? It's the, it's the two questions, and that's why Matt Rule makes a hell of a lot more money than me. But you have to go out and have the conversations and meet with the guys, and maybe it's chat with them on the phone. Find the fit, dude. And NIL is secondary here. NIL is like the, the cherry on top of your Sunday. You, you, it, hope it's, you hope it's, it's, it's like last in the priority list of, of said player. Mm-hmm. You hope it's, let's go win, I want to get better, you know, money will take care of itself. That's not always the, the order. <laughs> I mean, but like a, a team that went 10-2 and two this year, that's a quarterback away from a college football playoff berth, you can assume that there's going to be more money available for a program like that to go invest into a transfer portal quarterback. When you know, hey, we're just a quarterback away, some booster out there is going to fork up the money and say, you know what, I want to see a college football playoff team. Nebraska's not at that point right now. Can you find the fit from a player to a program, a program to a player, player fitting in the offense, and you have a fit between head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback. Those and are the most important aspects. It's, it's big time, and it's like the three bears. It's just right the amount of portal you use. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. So, Brett emails in. He says, put booze in the stands. It will fix quarterback play. I'm... Maybe you won't remember yeah, interceptions, what fumbles. You, what you're going for, is he going for like the NIL aspect of things? Because both could be true. So, Put Cornhead Lager in the stadium. Yeah. And just Cornhead Lager. That'd be good. There's, there's your NIL done. Powered by Cornhead Lager. So Todd checks in. A cook making ramen uh, would mean he can't possibly bleep up. How about a blind person trying to make a gourmet meal? Well, it's, it's kind of what I talked about a couple weeks ago. With, yeah, the, uh, the, the food analogy. Yeah, using your dollar store ingredients to try to make beef wellington. It's not going to go well. I also think you want to call I don't it. think you can buy beef at the dollar store. I pray you can't. Yes, you can. Really? Yes, you can. Is that kind of like you, the, you behind the Hobby Lobby? <laughs> you haven't been down on your luck as much as I have been. But those college years, you never run to the... The old dollars. I have a dollar street just just around the block. No, I, I I love that dollar. They tree. have like the, the the quick steak and stuff. It's not good meat. Don't get me wrong. No, I I just that's no, what I'm saying. I mean, don't don't go expect we would we would um, we would just order pizza. We would chip in, mm. order pizza, and some of the stuff on campus back then was straight up cardboard. You couldn't tell the difference. But like like back to the it wasn't Lazari's. Back to the quarterback analogy. I, mean, I think a college student's a good example here. You don't want to make. Try to make a beef Wellington with your dollar store ingredients. You don't want to ask your quarterback to do that. But you also don't want to like ask your quarterback to be a college student and make ramen and eggs every single game. That's not going to work either. You, you want it to, to be a nice, healthy meat. In the, you know what? Make me a, a grilled ham and cheese and tomato soup. Mm. It's a step up from ramen and eggs. It's still not difficult. That's what I think Nebraska don't wants burn the from toast. its quarterback. Yeah, don't, don't burn the toast. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe get yourself some fancy cheeses to make it just a little bit more palatable. Because cheese nicer. is cheap. 
You get my point, though. <laughs> say, like, like shell out email for, for the extra cheese. You, know, you, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, give me some cheddar. There, there's a healthy medium here. You got. Yeah, you got to go cheddar. You got to go portal, and you got to go. You got to be right in the portal, just like you got to be right in the JUCO. You got to be right in recruiting, at least fifty percent in recruiting. Mm. That's that's important. Nathan emails in. Hey guys, I'm probably going to regret this, but I'm all in on Will Howard or the kiddo from Baylor. That'll give Nebraska much-needed depth and experience in the quarterback room. I think we should uh, look to the portal for skill guys and whatnot. Keep recruiting O-line and D-line because that can be slow burns and create depth. Love the show. Nate, thanks for listening. Appreciate the email. Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the again, the three bears just right. And the I, bed can't be too soft, too hard. It's got to be just right, and it's got to be that way. I don't worry about the culture part, but you need you need to be right with who you pick, and it comes down to evaluation. We said that all year, and I know radio is about like at times hot takes, and and being the first to be on something. I am holding my horses on being all in on any one of these quarterback portal options just yet. I am completely. I mean, there's still probably another. 20 names of guys that are going to enter into the portal as coaches. Are you lead. holding off because you don't think Nebraska can get them? Well, like, look at a guy like Lincoln Keenholz. You think he's going to enter his name into the portal before the Big Ten championship? No, absolutely game, the college not. Football playoff? No, he'll, he'll he'll be he'll be in the portal, and he if he goes to the portal, it'll be January. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I am saving myself from being out. There could be somebody out there that Matt rolls on the phone with, even though you're not supposed to be, and he's going to be in the portal in January, and he wants to come to Nebraska for all we know. Oh, there are intermediaries. Doesn't have to be direct tampering. Save yourself the pain, though, Husker Nation. Sure. Hold, hold, It'll be all right. We'll know more tomorrow. Matt Rule tomorrow. Uh, Mike Babcock tomorrow. Evan Bland tomorrow. Talk to you at four. A Huda Media Production.